I just want to check, are we recording? Because that's the most important question. We're recording, so this is actually a podcast and not just three people talking randomly into microphones. All right, so a uh, couple of questions to start with. First is, has anyone listened to the podcast before? Don't be, oh wow, decent, okay, great. Um, glad to have everyone here and to new listeners, we'll, we'll give you our, our cell to, to listen later. But um, uh, I'm Sunil Rajaraman. Uh, I'm co-host of this podcast, This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley, and Yasha uh, Kakis-Wolf is my co-host. We've been doing this for about a year now. We've done 30 shows, and we're pleased today to welcome a very special guest, Yasha. Amanda. Hello, everyone. We're just going to stare at you and make it uncomfortable. It's like Madonna. Yeah. So the, the kind of backstory and what's important for everybody that's in the audience to know is that this podcast is not a pitch for a product. It's not about a company. It's about the Bay Area. And the Bay Area is kind of special, but it's also a little bit fucked up. And I think we all kind of understand <laughs> that being here. So what we want to do in the podcast is talk to people who have a very special and unique relationship with the Bay Area. And that are creators, that are company builders, that are awesome entrepreneurs, that are just really cool and interesting people. And today, we are really, really lucky to have an absolutely amazing entrepreneur and also pretty heavy hitter in the technology scene and a very specific and very special category of technology that Sunil really, really likes, the world of dating. <laughs> yeah. So not, it's funny. The backstory to this is Yasha and I have both been married, what, long time? Long time. And we have this weird fascination with online dating because we see a lot of people going through it, and it's a baffling world. And so, uh, and I want to demystify it a bit with Amanda Bradford uh, today, the uh, founder CEO of the League. You guys are like all of the married people looking at the single people in the petri dishes. Oh, so uh, <laughs> we, we've, I've done the thing where we went with, with, with the single friends who have the apps swiping through on their behalf. It's, a, it's sort of like a weird you know, thing. We're like a different species, aren't we? It's really confusing. <laughs> and as a married person, you don't really want to install the apps on any of your devices. It just yeah, doesn't feel right, right? It won't look good to your significant other. Not at all. So here's the thing. Um, we're going to talk about dating in the Bay Area today. But before we even get into that, Amanda, can you tell us where you grew up? Are you a California native? I did. I'm a Bay Area native. So, yeah, Fremont, if anyone's from Fremont. Um, lived there to, from zero to third grade, I guess. Went to Austin, Texas, and then Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So took did a little lap around the U.S. And in that lap around the U.S., as you were in Austin and in Chapel Hill, that entire time where you're like, I really want to just get back to the Bay Area. Has the Bay Area always called to you? Well, I was, I feel like I was at my most creative in the Bay Area. Um, I remember going, well, you get to go to school outside in the Bay Area, which is cool. Um, you realize that going to the East Coast, that's not a normal thing. Um, and yeah, I think my dad was in technology. I think we were the first family in the Bay Area to even have, I think back then it was called, it was pre-Palm Pilot, it was called like the Einstein or something. We had the like very first, uh, you know, iPhone from the 90s, and we were on CompuServe and Prodigy and ICQ, and so I was, I knew all this stuff because I had two older brothers, so I remember my, my friends were always like, you're really into tech and <laughs> social networks. I was social networking at a, at a young age. Lisa knows a, my story about Internet Amanda. I, I stalked everybody in Texas before I moved there on AOL Buddy Chat, and, and basically created a group of friends before I, before I landed. Um, into, into North Carolina. So I, I like, yeah, I've always liked technology and, and this is where it's built. So I mean, it made sense to come back. 
And, and when you came back, what was your angle back in? Did you say, I'm going to go to school here, I'm going to move back here and start a company? Like, why, why come back here? What was the driver for Mark it? Mark Benioff got me back here. Well, yeah. I wish I could say it was uh, personal. Um, but no, his company, Salesforce, uh, recruited us out of Carnegie Mellon, and so I was deciding between going to New York and working in finance and with Excel, and then I came out to San Francisco, and they took us on a duck tour around the Bay Area, and everyone was doing like yoga in these rooms painted orange. Um, and I had just been like to Citigroup where everyone was like so miserable and pale and like crying into their hands at 11 at night. And I was like, I think I'm just going to take a pay cut and, and come to the West Coast is the best coast. So I made a call in like, 20, what, 21. And so I moved out here and almost all of the Carnegie Mellon people went to New York. So it was kind of the, the, way, the place to be at that point in 2007. Um, then the financial crisis hit. So I actually had made the right call. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that... I like to say Salesforce was, at that point, that was 2007, so SaaS was just taking off and all this really exciting things were happening. Um, and Mark's also very good at, at delivering Kool-Aid to drink, so I, I'm very much a Salesforce fangirl through and through. Um, so for, for our listeners who, surprisingly enough, aren't all in tech, can you uh, like oh, yeah. define what SaaS is and Salesforce talk about who Mark Benioff is? Oh, yeah. I think many people know who Mark Benioff is, but just as a, as so, a breather. I know. I'm gonna give some spotlight to, to Mark, who brought me out to San Francisco. So he, um, so they built CRM, which is customer relationship management. So if anyone's who's done sales, that's sort of the, the main software you use to track your leads and to, to sell closed deals. Um, and his big innovation was putting it online before everything, you know, before that everything was on premise. And so he was very, uh, very much a pioneer and you know, kind of what I feel like what we're doing into the mobile space with dating is similar to what he did with software, bringing it to the cloud, is that it was always on-premise, he brought it to the cloud, dating was always on website, now we're bringing it to mobile, so he, he's very much uh, kind of brought tech into the 21st century. Yeah. So, so audience participation time. Uh, so we have a live audience of about 2,000 people. Yeah. We need, a, we need an audience them. photo shot later, yeah. uh, which we're gonna tweet out. Um, how many people here have tried online dating? Okay, so just keep yeah. your hands up. Keep your hands up, actually, it's please. Great. Just hang on a second. So we got about a thousand hands up. <laughs> of the people who have tried online dating, keep your hands up if you're happy with online dating. Wow. So about 750 to 800 of the hands just went dropped off. Gone. Just dropped off. Amanda. Online dating has a very low NPS score as uh, a category. So, so <laughs> Amanda, what is wrong with? online dating. Explain it to us. Is it the apps? Is it something about us that's changing? Just do your best summary of what's wrong with online dating. Uh, well, that, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a big question. I think, um, so you asked and you had sent me a question asking, is it broken? And I actually don't, I don't think it's broken. I think broken implies that it, it, it doesn't work at all and it, you can't use it to, to kind of get to your final goal, which I think you can. I think there's plenty of people who have had success on online dating. So it is possible. I think it's just massively, massively inefficient. And now that it's the kind of main way people are meeting and the other channels are sort of breaking down, it's, it, I think the, the inefficiency is highlighted because now none of your friends are setting you up. It's not like you're meeting at parties anymore. Everyone's focused on just their phone and meeting through the phone. So I think it's, it's amplified, the, the inefficiency. So why did you decide that this was a problem that you wanted to focus on and what kind of explain what the league's approach is and why your approach is, is better? Yeah, well, I, I was uh, single after five years, and um, I was, like, dipping my toe back into the dating pond, and I downloaded 
I don't know, OkCupid, I think Hinge was just coming out, Bumble, I don't think it had come out yet, but I had the same issues with each and every app, which was everybody, it was like pretty much anonymous. You could say, you could basically say you were whoever you wanted to be. You could put any picture, you could say you went to whatever school, there was no layer of authenticity. And then you also, um, there was also a lot of vetting, like there wasn't, you don't list your profession or education or anything, so I'd have to go and stalk all these men and be like, oh, he's wearing a Duke shirt, okay, maybe go, he went to Duke, and so I'd go on to LinkedIn and be like, Matt, comma, Duke, comma, maybe like class of 26, or so I'd start looking through the graduation year. If you have LinkedIn Premium, you can do that. Um, and, and so that was like, I was starting to vet before I decided if I wanted to go on these dates, because I was living in Palo Alto at the time, so it was like, you know, an hour and 15 minutes just to even get to the date. So I was like, you need to, you need to do some diligence to make sure that's gonna be, has a good probability of being an okay date. So I would find myself doing a lot of stalking and vetting is what I call it. So I felt like why not just use LinkedIn as part of the onboarding experience and make it a community where people are who they say they are. There's this authenticity. There's this sort of handshake agreement that everybody is, is not going to you know, be anonymous or be make up fake profiles. And I wanted to use it to, to find myself the best match and have the best database. And so, and so critics, critics so, might say the exclusivity, you know, that's, that kind of can rub people the wrong way. Uh, well, the so. exclusivity was my way to solve what the issue is with online dating in general, which is it's, it's just this huge race to the bottom. As soon as you open um, any, honestly, any, any community that's open, it's like Twitter is a perfect example of this. It's like there's amazing, smart, really intelligent people on Twitter, and then there's like terrible trolls of humans that like nobody wants on their community, right? So it's like, okay, well, what if we create a community with a wall at the beginning and we make you have to kind of climb the wall to get in? Maybe we can create a community that doesn't have these like kind of negative group of people that tend to bring down a lot of social networks. So that was like one of the design decisions to kind of prevent some of the issues with online dating. As a, as a person who never dated um, or found a match through an online site, the idea that dating is about being more efficient Feels really yeah, it's weird. not a romantic way to say it. I know. I get feedback on that a lot, but and, what, uh, and how do you respond <laughs> to that feedback? If I'm giving I you that say feedback, I grew right up now. in sales. I think in pipelines, it is. You know, I I consider it's it's a it's a process. It's a funnel. It's just like any other sales process. But it isn't. You're right. It isn't the most romantic way to say it. So, so. Uh, can we talk about uh, efficiency of successful matches in the league in the Bay yeah. Area? Like what what city? What neighborhood in what city is the most efficient at finding matches? The most the efficient? League? Well, so we can look at um, popularity. So popularity is a, a number that is very correlated to number of matches because if you have a high popularity, that means when you like someone, you have a high chance that they're going to like you back, right? So that's what we call the kind of like high... Um, people with high league scores is what we call them. And so they, yeah, they do tend to grab, I mean, like the marina, we, we looked at like who are our most popular users lived and lo and behold, they lived Why in the Why so marina. many giggles in the audience um, when you say the marina? And then you could see them starting to gravitate towards Hayes when Hayes became cool. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it's definitely, you can see some of the stereotypes of the city through the dating, which is quite, quite hilarious. You can so, see San Jose has like not as many women and you're like, oh, if only I could move these neighborhoods next to each other. So this uh, is kind of like de depressing and, and boring. I feel like I didn't miss anything. This what you're saying is this is like a numbers game. This is a massive numbers well, game. Is that is that what is that really what it is? Is is it's about just reaching out to as many people as possible? Like give me the give me the hopeful case on this. Well, I mean you think, again, call me unromantic, but I, I do think it is a numbers game. I think you have to meet, you have to kiss X number of frogs to, to, <laughs> no, you know, to notice the person's a prince and to know what you're looking for. And I think, I think the other point to your question is more societal, is that a lot of people 
um, are dating, but they don't really they don't know what they're looking for, and they don't really know what what it is they want. And there's both people on both sides of that equation, like searching but not knowing what they want. So it, it kind of adds it convolutes the whole process. It's not like both people are like, I want to buy a house with four you know four car garage and this this and this, and then it's just a simple matching problem. It's like no, I want this, but then I'm saying that, but I'm rejecting people that I said they want. You know, so you see, you kind of see humans' inconsistencies and their own biases. So and your boyfriend is in the audience. <laughs> Lovely gentleman. Met him earlier. You want to wave? Just, no, 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 he doesn't. No way. Like, you no. got to put him on I the was not a, Yeah. Uh, how many, how many people... I, I how, did you, did, was it, how did you find your match on the league? Well, I was actually I was pulling my phone out because I was going to say, like, it, it is a numbers game in the sense that um, I did this presentation at the Battery the other week about why video is so interesting to us because when you, when you set, uh, put together two people on a video chat, you don't have to do any of the messaging, you skip all the kind of games, you skip all, you're all of a sudden you're almost on a date. And so I was saying that if people could just meet on video for two minutes, you could basically disrupt the whole kind of static image dating industry as it is. And so I was looking at Jeremy and I's stats um, and how many people we had to talk to and how many people we had to engage and meet. And you know, it is, it is a numbers game. It was pretty funny because it was like, I think I had, well, he doesn't like hearing this, but I had 946 matches in the four years that, I mean, granted, I'm a power user. Um, so, but, but if you actually like go down the funnel, it's like I actually only met six of those people in person, right, of that entire, so in a, granted, I'm, I'm kind of a weird outlier person, but like for him, he had 143 matches, he met four people in person. So it's like, it is, it is, I mean, that's sad, that's a sad stat, it makes the league sound bad, but then we actually re-ran the, the study on like Hinge and some of these other sites, and it, it's the same story. It's like, you, just because you have a match doesn't mean you're gonna actually meet them in person. There's like a long journey between that. So that's why I think I'm really bullish on video, kind of almost leapfrogging the whole thing. Shouldn't the selection process in the front of the league um, make that top of the funnel better? It is, it is, but you still have, I mean, there's still all these other things that have to fall in place, right? Both people have to, um, first you have to respond. Someone has to message, right? So half the matches don't even message, nobody. So that's just weird, right? But it's just window shoppers, or sometimes people are like, they're not really dating, but they kind of want to check it out. So that's just part of, um, we call them like in the dating space, it's like those are the window shoppers that you just like, you're always gonna have those people, right? They just aren't gonna message, they don't really match, they just kind of wanna see. And then you have the people that are gonna message, and then you have your, some people that just won't send the first message. So there's like some group of women that just refuse to send the first message. And then there's a group of men that will just send everybody the same message. And, you oh know, my God, so you, Sunil, you this sounds these, like, horrifying. <laughs> and yeah. then there's some people that just send their phone number out as if that's like a good opener. So it's like you, you kind of have all these different personas of like different people trying different strategies. But at the end of the day, it's like there's so many things that have to fall in place for it, for it to happen that I, I think I'm always encouraging my girlfriends, like open your preferences, open your mind, say yes more than you say no. You can always like say no later. It's not like there's, there's nothing wrong with being open-minded at the beginning and then being more filtered towards like who you wanna pick as your boyfriend, but you don't need to be so, so like selective at the top of the funnel because it, it's like there's all these other conversion rates that have to go right. So I'm trying to explain it as a funnel to my friends and I'm like, you each have your own funnel of different conversion rates and some people are really good at you know, converting the message to the phone number and then some people are really good at getting the like but then they don't, they don't engage with messages. So everybody has their like, different strengths in the dating app game. So, so uh, I guess, what are some tips? Let's just walk away with a takeaway yeah. or two. 
if there's like one or two things that people who are having trouble with online dating remember from this podcast, what is it? Is it update your profile picture to something realistic? Well, is I it mean, that's, yeah, change that's, the tagline? What are a couple of things that people can do to improve their chances of, of finding that person or whatever it is they're looking for? Well, I mean, the photo, as much as I hate to say that because it sounds like we live in this superficial society, but we do, and um, I, I the photo it doesn't mean you need to be like this golden ratio attractive person. It's just like put a nice quality photo up there, like a high. I just res. want to say I never expected golden ratio to be. Yeah. Well, look, I podcast. mean, it's like look at Sunil's face. He's kind of got he the golden ratio. He has a beautiful ratio. golden ratio. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> triangle, whatever it is. You're blushing. Keep keep going. Okay. He's so like, the picture. You probably you'd have a high league score, Sunil. Um, but, so yeah, I mean, the photo is Wait, the wait, can we talk about that for a second? Because uh, Sunil and I were driving over here together. He picked me up from the office at, in his minivan. And uh, as we were driving over, score like, let's be clear. Like, I've got three <laughs> kids, and our cars are a mess all the time, too. So as we were sitting in the car, we're looking at each other. We're like, do you, like, would we pass the filter test to get into league? Sunil? Well, would Sunil? <laughs> I, we were just I don't, a, listen, we're not, we're not, going, we're not yeah. going here. Let's look up his headshot on LinkedIn. I think you could get on, maybe. Well, actually, where are your matching people? Do you keep them in the same group with Facebook out in some other country and they review from there oh, Sunil's social no, we profile? Have, we have a concierge team that's remote, so oh. we, we don't disclose where they live. They live all over <laughs> nowhere. Okay. okay, so picture. <laughs> going back, let's, let's focus, yes. Yasha. We're focusing. Focus. Okay, well, the number one takeaway... Minivan. Is just have a high quality photo, high res. Get I mean, even actually with the iPhone X, the the whatever profile mode is is called profile uh, portrait. portrait portrait mode. Portrait, yep, yep. Um, so just that's just like a everybody should do that because that's just you're you're hurting yourself if you're putting like a fuzzy photo. It's just like the very basic basic thing. Like use a high quality photo, high res. Um, second would be, um, well, I guess I, I don't want to say it in a negative way, but a lot of people kind of they write as if they're searching for an apartment and it's like looking for this 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 and this and I don't like when you eat you know meat or whatever and it's like it, it's very much a, a turnoff in as far as they're trying to describe their perfect human and then you know, so I think there's a lot of times it's like maybe describing yourself and talking about you know who you are versus what you're looking for I think that, that tends to be a mistake I see and a lot the of other thing I see everybody you know who like who I know who has an online dating profile it's like Loves to travel. I love to travel, right? There's, I love to travel. There's a few other things that are always in there, right? It's, well, those, yeah, I'm those. a foodie, or I, you know, or, you know, sar sarcasm and wit. You know, if you can handle sarcasm and wit, you can handle, you know. But, but the, what, what are some other? Yeah. I think your profile is great, Sunil. I really yeah. do. Like, I think it's an we awesome should profile. We should re review it now. This is this is not it's going like, this in a is direction. This becoming the show. <laughs> yeah. um, but the third that brings up the third point, which is wit and humor and being kind of interesting in your profile. A lot of people um, not only describe their perfect person, they do it in a very like not fun or funny way. And it's like so. I think using wit, using humor, putting something that people can respond to in their message. That's always um, we find that the most unique thing someone says is usually what is getting um, sent out as like your first opener. So if you say something. Like, I don't know, we always say, the one we put on our poster for the league is um, a, woman, a guy saying, first I'm going to get close to you, then I'm going to, like, get even closer to your family and, like, st you know, steal them from you. Or, or something, like, kind of weird, but, <laughs> like, kind of creepy but funny. And then, the, you know, the women all are like, oh, I thought, you know, they'll make a comment about how they wouldn't like my brother or whatever. So 
I guess long story short, just being creative in your in what you're saying allows people to, to kind of latch on to something to, to say instead of being like, oh, you like to travel, where to? You know. So if you were to move to the Bay Area again right now and League was already up and running and you couldn't move to the marina, where would okay. you where would you move to? <laughs> LA. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. I would I would stay in San Francisco. Um, uh, I mean, I guess right now we live some, somewhat close to Hayes and it seems like it's becoming the very small but cool spot, so mm. it's nice and central. Doesn't have a stereotype quite yet, so. But LA, so what you, you're bashing on the Bay Area? You don't like the Bay Area? Well, no, I just. You're tired I of mean, it? I I found my boyfriend in LA for a reason, so. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's a real. No, thing I'm here. not bashing on the the San Francisco. I just think, for me at least, it was I'm in tech and I think about startups 100 percent of the time, and then I was dating people that were in tech and thinking about startups 100% of the time, and every time my dating life felt more like a board meeting um, half the time, because everyone, what's you're, your churn rates? Yeah, and managing like, your funnel. Can we really talk about our funnel at, at dinner? Um, so I think for me, I was excited to, to kind of meet, I mean, one of the reasons what I built the league was to like uh, match kind of successful and interesting and creative people in all industries, not just the ones you, you meet every day. So like I would have never met a musician in, in probably in San Francisco. Mm. So I think, you know, I think that's, for me, that was a, a learning I had from dating, having 190, whatever, 942 matches, was that maybe I didn't want to date a tech, <laughs> you know, a, another person in tech. Do you think so. that's more systemic here in the Bay Area? Do you think there's just fatigue generally of the types of people, the types of interests that are here? I mean, we are a very homogeneous city, so it's it is it's hard to it's hard to go anywhere without hearing people talk about cap tables or valuation or you know churn rates. <laughs> back back to the audience participation. I'm actually really curious about this thread. So, for those of you who are online dating or single, would you view it? Raise your hand if you would view it as a negative. If someone were in tech, would you view it as a negative? If they said that they were in tech. That means everybody <laughs> here is, here is in tech. There's hey. literally one but person out of 2,000 like that raised their hand. I'm twisting my words, though. I'm not anti-tech. Oh, no, no. I'm not, just, I'm not suggesting yeah, yeah. you are. I was just more trying to... I'm not yeah, at all. Yeah. I was just really curious from an audience perspective. Like just because there people. is a lot of like stink on the tech no, industry right now. No, it is. And we do have... We'll have uh, users write in that are like, can you uh, make it so that I don't see finance pros or I don't see tech people or I don't see... you know? So everyone has their own baggage of what they think they need or you know, stereotypes that they like to put on people, so. Um. So with that filtering that exists in the league, do you see different groups of people? Is the same homogeneity in Los Angeles? Is the same in New York? Where are you, and is it different than the Bay Area? Well, we do see that people in the same profession, so this is contrary to my own personal experience, but um, people in each other's professions tend to match. So, mm -hmm. you know, the tech does match with the tech, the lawyers match with the lawyers, the doctors match with the doctors. I think, obviously, there's common interests and common um, you know, understanding there. So we do see that, and especially in, in the Bay Area, we, we see a lot of, um, just a lot of tech power couples, I guess, I would say, getting together. Well, so. now, going back to, so you said some of the positive things that people should look for in profiles, but what about negatives, red flags? What are some things out of your own experience and through the league, if you see this, you should run. What are some examples of that? Well, there's a lot, but we do we do try to screen a lot of those people out of the league. So I'm lucky not to have to to see them too much. But obviously, you know, you have your your classic like people with uh, people in photos with like a ton of people in bikinis and you know their keg stand wild party days. So you definitely have a lot of offenders like that um, that aren't using the most classy of photos. So we try to keep those people on the wait list and tell them to 
you know, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Um, but I would say, yeah, I mean, I would say the, the picture can really turn people off quickly. Like, even if you think it's like, no, that's my sister. You're like, I don't care that it's your sister. She's like in a string bikini and it doesn't look good. Just don't put some one of you in a girl, you know, pick one of you and your grandma. So um, it's like co pretty common sense stuff. But, and I would say the other thing is in, you know, grammar is always a very, just get, get a friend to grammar check your about me, especially for the league, because people are very, like, have high standards about grammar here. We get, like, people writing in all the time. I can't believe you let this person in who wrote that, wrote this, uh, used your and your incorrectly, right? And so people get very, very fired up about that. So we try to encourage grammar checking now. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm just going to rattle off a few apps, and I'm curious. And you can, you can be diplomatic if you want and give you an opportunity to, but... Uh, what do you think of a few of these apps? I'm just going to throw out a few few names that I've heard. Raya. Have you heard is this of a word game? I just give you one word. Yeah, you could do one word. You could um, do one sentence. You could do two sentences. You could do two minutes. Uh, C list Instagram in micro influencers. Love it. Okay, <laughs> I like where this is going. Tinder. Um, quick hookup. Coffee meets bagel. Dating. <laughs> that was that was the biggest non-answer in the history of our podcast. What what hey what uh, audience members? Which ones did I miss? What what's a good one? Okay, Cupid. Oh, kind of quirky, quirky dating. Quirky. Uh, like younger millennial, not too serious dating, but you know, kind of like Marina Bro. Okay. <laughs> what else we got? Bumble. Bumble. Um, this is hard. Now I'm feeling like this is, I don't know how I got into this. Um, uh, a fake startup. Ooh. I love it. All right. This is, this is the kind of material that. You told me to be honest. Yeah. yeah you no, said people like authenticity, great. right? That's yeah. what makes, we're trying to just keep the customers of beta brand happy. Maybe we'll edit that out. No, I'm kidding. Um, sorry, what was the last uh, one? It was eHarmony, I, I believe. Dr. Neil Clark Warren, I remember those. Uh, <laughs> a, he used to do like TV advertising oh, back in the day. Um, uh, later stage marriage, like on your way out. Oh, I've been to like two or three eHarmony <laughs> weddings. <laughs> Yasha met his wife on eHarmony. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm so old, those things didn't even exist. Yeah, it's getting then. older and older, so you were probably more in its... <laughs> you didn't in, actually... It's heyday. It's heyday. It wasn't always like that. <laughs> back... Which one? Right, that's the last. That's the last one we're gonna we're gonna do. But uh, Jay Swipe was the was the oh. audience. Um, I don't. I'm shocked. Some of these are real things, by the way. <laughs> Wait, what's <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like the. It's a uh, mobile first J date. So ah. that was their. That's that's a very apt. Uh, very good. Yeah. Very very good. Yeah, um, I guess I guess niche. I'd call it niche. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So where is this? Where is this all headed? Okay. So ten years from now, we got we have uh, you know we have the league, we have Tinder, we have other stuff going on. Where where do you see this heading? Like, what is online dating or AI dating or virtual reality dating or augmented reality dating? What is it in ten years? Oh yeah. No, I have a lot of visions. Yeah. Tell, tell us. Tell it's us. Tell us. It's just hard it. to execute on them because the technology is not already yet. I tried to do this. We actually tried to have a VR dating party last year and the technology was too early. <laughs> it did not work. We had like all sorts of logistical issues of getting people to connect, but basically what I think is going to happen is that 
there's gonna be kind of this blend between what, what FaceTime is doing, so video dating, plus AI dating, VR dating, where you're, you feel like you're actually in 3D with someone and you're in the, in the world with them. Um, so we're like into Can we our talk way. about AI dating for a minute? What sure. do you mean by AI dating? VR, AI dating. Well, VR, VR, not AI. Dating. I don't know. Yeah. AI would be like. AI dating sounds. Sunil's representative AI is yeah, uh, dating. Yeah, that sounds buzzwordy. On his behalf. Well, AR, I said AR. Okay. But there is, an, like, there is, you know, AI, I guess, like, they. The algorithm. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Everything's AI. It's yeah. just a. It's just That's an not algorithm. Real. But. Um, so like virtual reality weddings and things like yeah, that? Yeah, well, Seriously? not weddings. No? So what okay. I did, what we tried to do, and we had a party in LA and San Francisco at the exact same time, and we had them both do an Oculus headset. And so we basically part, uh, paired up a guy in LA with a girl in San Francisco and had them meet in the world. But they were both um, obviously not in the same city. And then they could go and explore the world and like check out the caves and the dungeons or whatever it was in that um, VR world. The VR world wasn't that great. It was still too new. I was like, I have a lot of ideas for how we can make this world a little cooler. Because um, it's built by you know, very early stage developers. So you get to, they're like, welcome to my world. It's a very, it's a very weird experience trying it. But, but it, it made me very bullish on the fact that this is definitely going to be, if you can put on a headset and then you get to meet all your dates and it looks like your dates and it feels like your dates and it's their voice and it's their gestures and it's, it's what they look like on a first date. It's like, there is going to be no first dates anymore. It'll all be second dates in person, right? So that's the vision. Hmm. Is that appealing? <laughs> it's more efficient, at least. I mean, I'm not, I'm not judging whether, I mean, we're not doing it, so it's hard to know if it'll be better or worse, but I think it, it's, it will definitely cut down on the time spent with people you, don't, you wish you didn't have to spend time with, right? If you're like optimizing just on cutting out time spent with bad dates, I think it's, it's a huge win. Yeah. We're actually getting close to time. Believe it or we, not. we are. Uh, we're getting. We're getting close. I just want the audience members to. Uh, uh, we're. We are going to have a little interesting audience participation segment. So, and this is completely not staged. For all thousand for, people here. For all. For all. I think it was two thousand. Two thousand. Right. right. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, if anyone is brave enough to share an online dating story, we actually want to make this entire episode about about online dating. Uh, and hopefully a good online dating story, not, oh yeah, hey, we met online, the end, great, happily, happily ever after. Uh, a good one, just start thinking of it, we're gonna call someone at random and interview them about it. Yeah. Okay, all right, but. Before we uh, wrap up, I wanted to tease a question to you, okay. and then Sunil's gonna ask a question. Um, this is the same question that we end each of the podcast episodes on. So I want you to think about the social networks that you spend your time on. You can pick your own network if that's what you choose. And we're interested in you telling the listeners of the podcast, the people that are here in the live audience, who you would recommend they spend some time and listen to, where their attention should belong. So that's, that's what we wanna end on. So okay. think about that, tease that a little bit. But before we go there, Sunil. What am I supposed to do now? I forgot. I, actually, I just really one more time want to see if we think that Sunil's profile would do well oh. on the league. We want to create your this league profile. This is honestly getting a little ridiculous. And I'm sweating like a pig up here, so this is just not working. Hey, your people are going to really like your height. Oh, really popular. He's, he has the longest torso ever. It's, it's the legs that are longer. This um, is just a long-running joke. Okay, no, but let's, let's, uh, I, I have like one or two more questions for Amanda, if that's all right. So, uh, so, okay, so your experience was a good one on the league, and presumably you want everybody to have a great experience on the league, but I, I, I'm sure you get this question asked all the time, but isn't there somewhat of an incentive for dating sites to remain on the dating sites? And 
or people to remain on the dating sites, that natural just kind of because if people are successful, they're going to move off. Can you just talk a little bit about that and you yeah. know, your perspective on it? It's the Achilles heel of our industry, but um, it is true. It is true. When you match people successfully, typically they don't stay on a dating app unless they have different hobbies and interests. But, um, but you know, one, it's a, one of the things that we like to think is that that's like good churn, right? And so there's good churn, there's bad churn is like when you don't get any matches and you're like, this sucks. So what we try to do is really prevent bad churn um, but good churn we celebrate and we hope that, you know, the way we think about it is if two people are having a wedding and there's 300 people at the wedding and they're writing that they met on the league, that's, that's better marketing and advertising than we could do um, ourselves. So they kind of make up for those two lost spots by themselves, by the, by the success of it. Have there, have there been a lot of league weddings? Or? Yeah, well, we actually have more New York Times wedding announcements than Bumble and they have like a hundred times our user base. So it's... Um, that's the fake startup one. Yeah. Well, that's why they have 100 times the user base. But <laughs> uh, what's, what's one thing that you can say that might be hopeful about online dating to, to the people who raised the audience or their hands in the audience, the 2,000 people, the 1,000 who, yeah. who said that they had well, bad no, experiences I'm, online, whatever it was. Um, I'm forgetting my numbers now. What's, what's a message of hope you could give them? And what will change about online dating that will make everybody raise their hands and say, wow, it's been a wonderful experience? Like, what has to change? Yeah. Well, no, it made me sad that people aren't liking it because I, I, I think it's so much better than it used to be. I mean, before online dating was kind of allowed and, and non-stigmatized, I mean, it was so hard to get a date. I'd, I probably had one person set me up in a full year and before online dating came. So it's like you have to, people are always going to complain about everything, but it's still better than it was. So A, that's one I guess, area of hope, but more for the, you know, as far as making it work for you, I think it's just being really pragmatic about your approach and deciding, okay, am I, um, I'm going to date in the month of July. This is going to be my dating month. I'm going to go on two dates a week and I'm going to do it four weeks in a row. And you know, I'm going to probably meet eight people and maybe I'll like two of them. And maybe, and so it's like, you, you have to actually meet people in person to, to find a significant other. And so I think people forget that and they're like, get trapped in the swiping and the messaging, but it's like, just, just start engaging and, and it will work. It's like any other, any other process. And I think at least with the league, we, we do see that, you know, a really high percentage of matches do right back and are, are very there, are very much there for, with high intent to find a relationship. So it's just like, stay, stay with it, give it like, you know, give it two months and, and, and don't, you know, don't be so picky, like, like be a little bit open-minded and who knows, someone will surprise you, maybe they're one inch below your height preference, but hey, they're, they're still a great person. And so it's like, you know, kind of just getting out of your head a little bit. What's a, what's a question we should have asked you that we didn't? You should have asked me um, how I, you should ask me about my first date with Jeremy because I, uh, I actually told him, I had to change my location to LA. He didn't know that I was in San Francisco. And then I booked a flight to, to, for our first date without t telling him I was there for work. Um, but he was actually, that, that because I knew the dating market, and I was like, I gotta grab this one up. I gotta go. So I was like. <laughs> did, you, did you know that? Oh, he, no. Oh, wow. Okay. He, he was like, wait, so now it says your location's in San Francisco. What's up with that? And I was like, oh, well, um, we'll talk about it at, at drinks. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not endorsing lying. How long have you yeah, been together? Yeah, relationship was built together? on a lie. Uh, <laughs> I'll be two years in November, so. Congratulations. Um, but so I'm not endorsing to lie, but I am endorsing to just be, you know, like, <laughs> take risks. You don't have to be so in your box, you know. Maybe you want to, maybe you take a $150 flight to L.A. for a weekend and go on three dates. Who knows, you know. So it's just, like, kind of live a little with it. 
So who are the people that you spend time listening to or watching on social networks that inspire you? I know you want me to say Gary Vee. No. <laughs> Gary Vee, Tim Ferriss are like, oh, they just make me, they make my heart hurt. Um, I am... I am not a huge social media person. I'm I'm weird. I like I actually like reading Quora, Medium, and Twitter. So I like kind of the weird, quirky ones, I guess. And um, I was saying the one the one follower I like on Twitter is is this B two B software guy, Jason Lemkin. But he I like him because I think whatever he does, he programs his Buffer account or whatever to send out some inspirational quote every day. But it always seems to be coming to me exactly when I'm like. Oh, I can't do this anymore. I want to quit. Or, and it's always like, you're feeling like you want to quit? <laughs> Take your head up and hire a new VP of sales. It'll help. You know, it'll like, it's like very like tactical and actionable. And I'm like, you're right. I do need a VP of sales. I'm like, we don't have, we're not B2B, but I'm like, I need a new marketing person. So like he, he just gives you very, um, he makes you feel like you're not alone and he's been through it. And so it's kind of like a therapist without, that I don't actually have to talk to. <laughs> Uh, Amanda, this has been incredible. Uh, you, were, you were you were candid about all this stuff, and you were just a great guest. So thank you for joining us here today. This is fun. Thank you guys. Uh, we're gonna do the. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up now, and then we're gonna and we're gonna have our online dating story in a minute. Yeah. So don't don't leave just don't leave yet. yet. Uh, but before we wrap up, um, if you don't know. Um, Sunil and I have been working together for the last couple of years on this podcast. It's actually only a year, FYI. It feels like a couple of years that <laughs> yeah. I've been working with Sunil on That's this podcast. Up. And uh, we really like hanging out with each other so much so that we tweet each other all the time. And we wanted to invite everybody here, if you like this podcast, to actually hop onto Twitter and hit up Sunil at Subes01. He's the first of all of the Subes on Twitter. Or hit me up at Kaykas, K-A-Y-K-A-S. Um, and let us know what you thought about the podcast. If you think about other guests that you'd like to have on or hear from or things that are in the Bay Area that are important topics for you. Put another way, if you take a picture of this and tweet it out, we'd appreciate it. It's promo for the podcast. <laughs> we can turn it into a singles mixer next time. A singles mixer. Almost as important as a singles mixer is how you go back to the place that you hear this podcast <laughs> when you hear it and write a review and rank us five stars because when you do that, it's actually going to help a lot more people find this podcast as well. Thank you all for being here. Thank you to Beta Brand for hosting us this evening. Thank you to our producers, uh, Chris Torres-Cruz, who helps us book all of our guests. Um, and thank you to everybody here in the audience. Have a great evening. To Lisa Fetterman to, uh, for introducing us to, uh, to Amanda as well, our guest today. Yeah. Yeah, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa. Thank you, everybody. One big round of applause. Thank you to everybody. <laughs> we're, we're kicking you off stage. We still need a. Uh, we're gonna have our. We're gonna record our. Yeah, but uh, uh, Amanda has to be at another event, and we got her out on time. Right on time. Two minutes. Thanks. Okay, so let's. Uh, we, we want. You can hand that out to the crowd. Is this? Oh yeah, there we go. Um, we we want a brave soul up here. And I saw a gentleman with a gray shirt right there in the back. Oh, Decline. no. Uh, oh, you were? Wait, wait, let's tell that story. So we're looking for a brave soul to share and uh, hopefully a, a really colorful online dating story. To be clear, it's uh, totally maybe something. You don't have to say your real name. 
and we're trying to uh, avoid conflicts of interest. Well, let's just let's just look at hands. Look at the green shirt in the back. We have red red. We have we have two kind of. We could bring two people up. Yeah, totally. Okay, so we have uh, Jess and we have Annette. Come on up. Those are the made-up names or real names? That was pretty good, Zanil. But you found that right away. All right, and so I don't know how we're... Uh, Here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to grab another chair. Are we going to huddle? Hop right up in this All right, so... Uh, we're going to make this entire thing about online dating, and so if you could introduce yourself to, uh, to the audience. Hi, I'm Jess Osorio. Hi, I'm Annette Bloom. I'll share this. Okay. Hi. <laughs> thanks, for, uh, thanks for doing this um, in front of a room full of strangers. So I'll just ask one question. Tell us your online dating story, please, <laughs> and why is it colorful? I'm married now. <laughs> Met my husband on OkCupid. Uh, I love when our guests said be pragma pragmatic and just have a plan. I went on for 48 hours and I was like, I don't have time for this in my life. I'm just gonna get on, line up five dates and we'll see what happens. And I did that uh, because I'm sure we've got a lot of females in the audience. There's a lot of like ping, 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 nonstop, like you just can't, there's too much. There's too much time in the day, you, or there's not enough time in the day, you don't have, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of follow-up that you don't have time for. So I went in and I was like, five dates, that's it. One of those five was my now husband, and um, I love how she, <laughs> she mentioned uh, not being in the same industry. Uh, so his profile was all about what he, who he is, and mine was all about who I am, not what we're looking for. So that was something I, that resonated with me. And I'm in marketing, and he's in radiation health physics. What? Like, what is that? And <laughs> so our first date was like a lot of just teaching each other what we do, which was like new for both of us. And um, anyways, uh, we meet up in some wine, uh, wine bar in Mountain View, and the rest is history. I don't know. It turned into a sushi date. Oh, we gotta, we gotta have the drama story though. Where's the story arc? Like, what's the, what's the thing that happened that that? Okay, 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 okay. Here's 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 some from some key takeaways for the ladies. Um, I'm from Miami, so like girls in Miami never chase guys. I don't know about anywhere else in the states, but like we don't chase guys. Like they chase us, right? Like and like our guests talked about, girls won't reply or send a message for days. Um, this was the first time in my entire life where I was like, you know what? I haven't heard from him all weekend. I'm gonna reach out on Monday. His excuse was, you said you were being, you were gonna be out of town, and I was out of town. But I was like, you said it was a great date. What's the deal, right? So Monday came around. We had our first date was like on a Thursday. Monday came around, and I'm like, hello, remember me? And he's like, of course I do. And our second date was, um, we went from Mountain View to Redwood City. <laughs> and he had not one, not two, but six mixed CDs, because, you know, we're ahead of tapes. And six mixed CDs where he's like, I know you like metal and alternative, so here's three alternative and here's three what, metal. Uh, what year was this? <laughs> mixed CDs? <laughs> mixed CDs are like from a long time ago, right? 2015. That's not that long ago. See, that's what I'm saying. 
No, that came out the wrong way. No, I'm not trying to imply that this person is. 2015. So I was like, oh, he for sure likes me. It's in the bag. He made me CDs. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, like. You'd do it again. Do the same thing all over again. Would I do it again? Yeah. If you had to wind back the clock, would you start the same way? Do you go f- like five, I, five, choi- five chances, five days, whatever the, the shtick was that you did? You do yeah, it this is the advice I give my single ladies in their 30s. I'm just like, like, I love how she said, be pragmatic, have a plan. Like, don't be on there every day, 24-7, trying to con- uh, communicate with everyone who's trying to communicate with you. Like, just get in there and be organized. Like, here's five dates for the week. I'm going to log off, give myself some mental, like, space to just, like, unwind and approach it like that and then see what happens and give your give yourself the space to go on those dates and be present, right? Because if you're on five dates that week but you've got 30 people pinging you at the same time, you're not present. You're not really there in that moment. So, um, yes, I would do it again, but I very strategic. Like, just... All right, Annette... You're you're sitting up here very patiently, and you've got your your hands on your on your thighs because, uh, yeah, there you go. No, I, I don't. I just don't want you to keep keep you sitting there uh, waiting. Okay, hi you, everyone. So uh, my story. I have two stories actually. They're slightly different, and hopefully, um, at least entertaining, if not good lessons. Um, so the there, there's one slightly more less positive story and one like more positive story. Um, so just for listeners, are you flashing oh, out? I'm flashing a ring. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, I, I would say that I am a very seasoned online dater from the days uh, when I used to live in New York back a long time ago, cause I'm old. Um, I went on like 5 million dates with like every Jewish guy in New York, I think. And, those, uh, those numbers should work, per what Amanda said, right? <laughs> From just, what she said, I should have been married, but somehow I missed the one. Um, and I then moved to LA to go to grad school. I moved to the Bay Area and was I found myself single and gave myself three months to go on J-Date. It was kind of before Tinder and everything really got big. So I was on J-Date and I was about to quit And I got a message, not from a man, but from a woman around my mother's age who said, I'm on J-Date for myself, I'm divorced, I've been looking, I'm getting fed up with it. So I decided to look for someone that I thought my son might like. He's an amazing guy, he's so handsome, he has a good job, he's so kind, he loves animals, whatever, like any Jewish mom. She really sold this guy. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know about this. But I was living with some roommates, and they were like, listen, you have to stop making Safeway your main social activity. Um, That's really good, yeah. I said, fine. Um, Why don't you give him my email address? I'll communicate with him, and then we can try to go out. So he and I started, we emailed a few times, finally made it work to meet up. Um, I thought it went really well. Um, Apparently, he thought I ran away from him after the date, so it took him a while to call me. Um, But we ended up dating uh, for a significant period of time. Long story short, turns out it was him the whole time. Oh! Oh. Wow. 
Zing. And wow. uh, he wouldn't introduce me to his mother until oh. he admitted that. So I found out within a couple months that he had made up this um, story that he thought would, uh, and it turns out it was a huge red flag because <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the only thing that, uh, that he did not disclose. But, uh, what, what? but <laughs> is that like... Keep going. Wait, yeah. yeah. Is that like technically catfishing? That's not catfishing, is this? I, I don't know if, if catfishing, like maybe it was... I don't know. If, no, I guess it's like not. Weird. It's just kind of weird. Um, yeah, the other things that he didn't disclose are, it's not important, but let's just say we're not together anymore. And um, You can't do that. There were just, Wait, that was the breaking point. Not when he said, I'm my mom, but when he did something else. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> there were a lot of really great things about him. I thought, uh, yes, that was the bad story. Um, anyway, hopefully it's entertaining. And for those of you who are out there, maybe it's just one thing to look for if someone's parent uh, approaches you online. Um, so the more positive story, in my opinion, um, it, it starts in real life, IRL. Um, many, many, many years ago, much before the J-Date mother experience, uh, when I was in college and I developed a massive crush on a guy who was a mutual friend of, I, we were in a similar friend group. Um, I had a crush, he knew I existed, basically. Um, he was not in, in love let's say. Um, but I was convinced that he knew, that he had heard me talking about him. Um, and so I thought he must, he knew that I was very much into him. But we, were, we weren't close, we didn't stay in touch. Um, after he graduated and I graduated, we saw each other a couple times at like a wedding and something else, but he lived in the Bay Area, I lived in New York. When I moved to LA, I saw him one time he was dating someone, as was I. I moved to the Bay Area, ran into him on the Embarcadero. We became friends on Facebook, never once talked. Fast forward about three, five years from that, that in interaction on the Embarcadero, and I'm in the dating world and about to sort of give up. Like, I'd been pragmatic, I'd been social, I'd reached out to people, I used the fake startup. Um, <laughs> I'd used all of them. And, um, and I, I was kind of flipping through and really getting ready to um, delete the app from my phone. I was thinking like, I'm happy with my life. I'm, I have great friends, I have a job, I have great family. Like when it happens, it'll happen. I'm not gonna keep swiping. And then I saw this guy, my crush, from my freshman year of college on the app and I thought, hmm, you know, he's probably friends with someone who works here and he's just testing it for them because I'm sure he's not even single. I'm sure he's just doing them a favor to see what the UX is. So, but I thought, well, I'm not really looking to date, I don't care. Um, he seems like a nice guy, I watch him on Facebook, he does cool things, um, he knows how to surf, and he's still friends with all his friends from college, so he must be nice. So I just swiped, just to see. And it, it turns out it was a match. 
But it, because it was on Bumble, I had to say something first. And I thought, well, I know he knows that I loved him in my freshman year. So I'm just going to say something kind of funny about that. So my first message to him was something like, my freshman year self is jumping up and down with joy right now. And he claims that he did not remember this crush at all. He barely remembered who I was, to be honest. Um, but he, um, and, I, and then I left and went out of town actually for the weekend. And I got back, that was on a Thursday. I got back on a Sunday and he had messaged me back. Um, and we started chatting a little bit and friendly, very friendly. He invited me to go to a Warriors game the next night. So I was like, okay, cool, we're in. And uh, we went to the game and he was like, hey buddy, what's up? And I was like, cool, he must actually be a test user for this site. Um, so nothing happened and we kind of moved our communication off the app, but um, it took me a while, and eventually I convinced him to come over and watch Game of Thrones with me on Netflix. Um, and once he came over and watched some Netflix, <laughs> I sealed the deal. There we go. <laughs> Nothing says I love you like Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> and um. that was the only episode of Game of Thrones we ever watched together. Um, so here's what I think you should do. That first story, you should make a podcast about that first story. <laughs> you really should. That's incredible. And you should have Chris and the folks at Beta Brand host it. And, I would love uh, to. And that, that'll be, that would be incredible. I'm happy to take it. There, there are more details that I can make it. <laughs> this is just not, you can't do this. I know, you're like, well, I was trying to keep it short. We're going to close out the episode on just one more detail that you can share with, just one. Just give us a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, you'll have to listen to the podcast. Something small. Oh, something small. Annette, you've come this far. I'm trying to think of something you, you, that won't ruin my podcast. Um, I, you know, I'll just put it this way. When we started dating, this, this person lived in a very nice house in uh, Burlingame. And he had every single kitchen appliance you could possibly imagine. In my mind, as a you know, young single woman, I thought these are only things that you get from a registry. So I was convinced that he was divorced and not telling me or had another family and was not telling me. And it turns out he just um, liked to buy things on a whim and then not use them but put them in his kitchen. <laughs> well, I'm certainly going to tune into the podcast. <laughs> no doubt. Well, uh, thank you, you two, for sharing your stories, Justin and that. Hand, round of applause, please. All right, so that is officially the end, end of, the, of the show. Thank you for coming out and supporting. We really appreciate you listening to us today. Thanks again to Beta Brand, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, uh, get you as new listeners to This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley. Thanks very much. Have a great night. Woo!